Genius for life. Coconut smoothies coming at you. Hello, hello. Welcome to episode 134 of 15 Minutes of Genius. It's an awesome show. I'm not just saying that because I host it. It's a really great show. We bring on entrepreneurs, investors, movers and shakers in the industry. And this gentleman is definitely one of them. He is an absolute legend. Before announcing him and his presence on the show, I want to give a big plug to Mark Nicholas. Mark Enneman, HaddonBeatStudios.net. There he is, bumping and riding right there. He's got a haircut, too. I just noticed that. Nice haircut. All right. I don't know. Maybe it's his headphones putting his hair down. I Maybe or he has a haircut. I can't tell. All right. Either way, he is the guy. He's the guy running this entire thing. And I'm here. I just show up and sit on a chair and run the show. And then he does the rest. Isn't that great? I don't have to worry about anything except being me. All right. So our guest, without further ado, Barry Nailbluff. He's been in the industry for a long time, but even longer, he's been a professor, the Milton Steinbach professor at Yale University, 32 years there. He's the co-founder of Real Made Overnight Oats. He is also the co-founder and chairman of Kombrucha, which just sold, and also most notoriously, the co-founder with Seth Goldman of Honest Tea that everyone has heard of. Barry, how's it going, my friend? Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. The, you have the most awesome background, just that bright blue. Is that what you do? Do you do all your meetings with that like bright blue background or? It's a green screen that's blue. And okay. <laughs> with a different technology, I would be projecting images on it. But today, uh, whatever it is that we're using doesn't really uh, go for the virtual background. So this way, it's just not distracting to people. Got it. Got it. I would, I would like to see, I would like to see, you know, like monkeys on like unicycles, just going in circles behind you or something. That'd be entertaining. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, Hey, stop those circles. Keep it down. Monks. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. No, there's no, no shortage of humor whenever I talk with Barry. So I first met you at Expo West 2019. You came up to our booth uh, for genius juice. You gave me real made. You're like, try some great oatmeal. I was like, this is awesome. Then he said, where's my genius? I want my genius. And so we set aside a case for you in the freezer. We actually froze it yeah. for you to make sure yeah. that it would last for your trip well, home. Well, I, I brought it to France with me. All the way to France. And That's right. And I lasted, brought it to right? France, yeah. and it made it there, and it is awesome. The mocha uh, is definitely my go-to morning breakfast. So uh, it gives me the coffee. It's, uh, now that I've become vegan, it's even more my go-to. Love that. Love it. So thank you for supporting the brand, for liking the product. And I'm glad I got you that case. Glad it lasted all the way to Europe. So let's go in to your story. Okay. It's, there's a lot to un- unpack here. There's a lot. So I, I know you're used to probably consolidating this into a 10, 15 minute segment. Tell us about, I, I want to hear first about the story and how you met Seth for Honest Tea. I know it's in a book for those that haven't, haven't read it, Mission in a Bottle, uh, about the story of, of uh, Honest Tea. But tell us how you met Seth, how that came to be, and how you created Honest Tea. I want to start there. Well, he was my student at Yale, and he was a great student. And I was advising him on his first business plan, uh, which was to put a urinary a, a test strip in diapers to detect a urinary tract infection. Uh, and he won 
uh, first place in the business plan competition, $25,000. And he also turned it down because he realized he didn't want to be the uh, UTI king uh, for diapers. Uh, in spite of the fact that it made a great idea because you could then turn a diaper into a medical device. Uh, so I respected him for that. I loved him as a smart, curious, energetic student. Uh, and four years later, after he had been working at Calvert Fund, he called me up and said, I remember that case study we talked about, uh, the Coke versus Pepsi, and uh, why don't they make a beverage that makes sense? Uh, and I said, yeah, I do remember. And uh, I had just gone to India, had discovered that there's great tea that people drink in India. And what we've been drinking in the United States was uh, really the, the bottom of the barrel, so to speak. And great tea costs a nickel a cup. And so let's bring great tea to America. Let's do for tea what Starbucks had done for coffee. And it's from there, after talking, meeting with him, and realizing this is a great idea, you went out to do it. Did you raise capital? Did you use your own money? Tell us more about how you got this off the ground. Yeah, we funded it ourselves to do the first production run. Uh, actually, we made the product in our kitchens, in thermoses, brought it to the Whole Foods buyer who said he'd order a truck. Uh, but the bad news was that he couldn't put it on the shelf for another three months. And we said, oh, okay, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll deal with that. And that gave us three months to find a manufacturing facility and also to raise money. And we essentially didn't raise money from our investors until we knew that we had a substantial order. Got it. So from there, you launched in stores, you built this business. How many years were you running Honest Tea? And when did it sell to Coca-Cola? Tell us that process. The first part of the sale took place in uh, 1998. And that was with V. Sorry, it started in 1998. Mm -hmm. First part of the sale was 2008. Mm -hmm. And the last part of the sale was 2011. So uh, 13 years in the end that we ran it. And then Seth continued leading Honest Tea for another five years afterwards uh, as part of Coca-Cola. Exactly. And then, so this was also part of venturing and emerging, venture and emerging brands through Coca-Cola that VEB that initially invested in mm -hmm. Honesty, okay, in 2008 and 2011, they bought it outright. And then, mm -hmm. um, okay, so that that is a story, again, we're consolidating many, many years of information into literally minutes, which, ta which takes a genius to do that, to say a lot and a little, right, to really do that. And we're doing a great job at that right here. What else? I think it was Einstein who said you should simplify things to the point where they can't be made any simpler. So uh, yeah, there you go. Exactly, exactly. Uh, my, I love that phrase. It's Einstein. It's genius. That's our ethos. Uh, uh, but also, I didn't have time to write you a short letter, so I wrote you a long one. <laughs> I like that yeah. phrase too. <laughs> yeah, that's not Einstein, by the way. No, definitely uh, some not. Some people think it's some people think it's Mark Twain or Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, do you know which one, or we, is it unknown? Uh, it's probably known. I've heard both uh, quoted. Basically, if it's a numbers quote, they use Einstein, and if it's a literary quote, they say Mark Twain. Exactly. Uh, it's kind of the way it works. Exactly. It's either one or the other these days. All right, so uh, let's get into the other products that, that you also created, right? You're just like this serial with a C, I think you said, serial entrepreneur, right? You created an overnight oats brand. You have a kombucha, heart kombucha before it really became a thing. 
Uh, are you just, is that really what you're doing these days? You're just creating more and more brands going out there. What's kind of driving you today? What are you doing today? What's, what's going on in your life? What I'm going today is I'm uh, celebrating the birth of my new book, yeah. Split the Pie. And that's uh, keeping me busy. Uh, and essentially, remember my day job is being a professor at Yale, where I teach strategy, game theory, and negotiation. And really, for the last 15 years, I've been focusing on negotiation. I created a course online at Coursera. And this book brings together the way that I do things differently when it comes to negotiation. I remember, yeah, about a year ago, you reached out to me and you said, I would love, I think we, we talked on the phone first. I remember the conversation and uh, you said, I would love for you to read an excerpt from my book, Splitting the Pie. And uh, I was on a, um, a flight actually to Florida to support mm -hmm. a launch in Publix. I remember it was like August last year, okay. or, oh, well, two years ago, 2020. I think it was 2020. And uh, I read part of the book. Then I emailed you. I'm like, this is, this is a great, I'm not just bullshitting here. Like it is a great book and it makes so many awesome points about negotiating. But for those that have not read your book yet, tell us the concept of splitting the pie, unless we're talking about eating pizza here, but I think it's something different, right? Well, I use, you know, I'm a foodie, so I like to use food as my example. And New Haven is kind of famous for its pizza. The clam pizza at Pepe's and Sally's is pretty good. At least it was good when I wasn't a vegan. Uh, that's not a clam pizza that we're <laughs> looking at here. Ironically, there, yeah, there's pepperonis, I was about to say. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, but it does make it more visually uh, easy to see what the, uh, what the slices are. Yep. So the funny thing about negotiation is most people are confused what they're negotiating over which seems fun. It seems peculiar. I'm like, how, how could you be confused? Uh, and yet uh, they are. So here's a, a quick example. Uh, and it's made up just to illustrate what I'm talking about. Alice and Bob can split up a 12 slice pizza if they can agree on how to divide it up. And if they can't agree on how to divide it up, we have to say what happens. And so I'm going to say that Alice will get four slices and Bob will get two. So now the question is, what does that imply about the division of the 12? And some people think you should just take the 12 and split it six and six and give both parties equal amount. Other people say, well, Alice is getting four. Bob is getting two. Alice is twice as strong. So Alice should get twice as much as Bob, eight versus four slices of the 12. And my view is both of those arguments are wrong, that Really, the point of the negotiation isn't to divide up the 12 slices. It's to divide up the extra six slices they get by reaching an agreement. With no agreement, Alice and Bob can get four plus two or six slices. With an agreement, they get 12. Those extra six slices are the reason to do an agreement. So Alice and Bob are equally necessary to get those extra six. You divide them three and three. That means Alice gets four plus three or seven, and Bob gets two plus three or five. Makes sense. And I love how you explain that entire thing within a minute or a minute and a half, because that's not easy to explain. Well, kind of easy, but you did it in a very simple way to understand, which is why you're a Hopefully, professor. Hopefully, <laughs> it's obvious in hindsight, yes. but not at the time. And so let me then give you a, a food example of uh, this. Uh, I have uh, this friend who started a, a food company, and he's an idiot. 
because he filed for the trademark before buying the domain name associated with the brand. Uh, he didn't realize the trademarks become public the moment that you mm-hmm. file them. Right. They have to become public because otherwise, how could somebody object to it? They wouldn't know what the trademark is. Exactly. And so when he goes to buy the domain name, he discovers that there's this troll who I'll call Edward Kahn, because that's the guy's name, uh, who has taken it. Uh, and Edward writes to my friend and says, for 2500 bucks, I'll sell you this domain name that you apparently want. Now, my friend's an idiot, but he's not stupid. And he does some research and discovers there's an organization called ICANN, the domain registry, who has a dispute resolution process. And what Edward has done is called registration in bad faith. He is sure to lose this dispute resolution. The problem is it costs $1,300 to go to ICANN. And so my friend writes back to Edward and says, uh, look, you know, this is ICANN thing. I'd much rather pay them $1,300, in which case you get zero, you slime bag, uh, than pay your $2,500. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Edward writes back and says, okay, $1,100 but that's as low as I'm going. And my friend writes back and says, well, look, yeah, 1100 is better than 13, but you'd be up 1100 because you have no other use of this domain name. I'd only be up 200, right? I'm saving 200 compared to paying 1300. Mm-hmm. That doesn't seem very fair to me. It'd be like my offering you 200 so that I'd be up 1100 and you'd only be up 200. Mm-hmm. So the question is, what is the pie in this negotiation? What are they really negotiating over? And now I'm flipping the question to my genius over there. <laughs> They're negotiating over, uh, I think, filling that gap where there is a uh, there's a price that is enough of a discount for your friend to go after it, but enough money for them to make money. But he's really yeah. he really wants your friend to jump and be incentivized to take the deal. Yeah. Versus so go to ICANN. What's interesting is the way you're looking at it is you're talking already about how we're dividing up the pie. What I think a negotiation has to start is what is the pie? And in this particular case, the pie is $1,300. It's the ICANN fee. Right. See, my friend's going to get the domain name either way. Either ICANN's going to give it to him or Edward's going to sell it to him. So we don't have to ask what that domain name is worth. The only point of this negotiation is to save the 1300 and my friend needs Edward just as much as Edward needs my friend in order to reach that agreement in order to save the 1300 Right. So he comes back and says, look, I'll split the 1300 650 650 with you. I'm 650 ahead. You're 650 ahead. Yep. And Edward tries the classic split the difference. You're at 650. I'm at 11. Let's go to 900. He rounds it up a little bit from 875. That's as low as I'll go. That's my final offer. And my friend doesn't reply. And a week later, Edward says, okay, 650, we got a deal. Exactly. And why? Because Edward doesn't care about fairness. He doesn't care about the pie. But my friend had a principle and Edward had arbitrary. Mm. And principle beats arbitrary. Exactly right. Exactly right. Moreover, Edward was asking for 900. He had 900 to lose. My friend only had 400 to lose. Mm-hmm. So therefore, Edward had some sense his threat was a whole lot less credible. 
Yeah. And moreover, he had moved from 2,500 to 1,100 to 900. He was spaghetti. He had no backbone. Mm -hmm. And that's a problem with this notion of starting off with an outrageous number. Because then you have to make huge amounts of movement. And the end result of that is you show you have no principle. Exactly. Yeah, you're like, you gave me, you made an offer that was so large, you could have gone much lower. You're just trying to rip me off. And you end up angering the other side. And you start and you break so, that and you break that principle, right, of respecting each other in the deal, right? Well, you have no principle. You basically, yes, you're trying to rip me off. And then you're just making giant leaps, 2,500 to down to 1,100 to 900. Whereas my friend is like, I got a principle. There's a $1,300 pie. I'm treating you fairly. 650, 650. If you have some reason to think why I should do it differently than that, I'm all ears. But just threatening me with an ultimatum, that's not a principle. Mm. And no way to do and a deal. Yeah. And as you've probably guessed, my friend was me. And the other moral of the story is buy the damn domain name for twelve fifty before you file for the trademark. That, that, that is a good lesson. That is a good lesson. Yeah. It's an expensive lesson, but hopefully your listeners will uh, not make that same mistake. Exactly. Domain names, they're 10 bucks on GoDaddy. Just buy it. Just buy it. So this book, all right, uh, that, that was an amazing, I love, that was an amazing detour just talking about that example. I remember now, two years ago, you're going to have reading it on the plane. So uh, two questions I have. Was that principle put into motion and effect in your negotiations for selling one of your brands? Was that, was that your strategy? And is that how the deal got done? It was. And that was the first time the idea of split the pie left the academic setting and went into the world. Got it. So I, uh, I first messed up. We were negotiating with Derek von Rensberg at VEB, and he asked me for a price, and I gave a number that was probably ridiculous, to which he said, uh, great, where do I sign? And I'm sort of like, oh, my God, it's fantastic. And then he says, just kidding. And, <laughs> uh, I realized that, yeah, that was probably not the right way to start. And so I said, okay, look, let's, you know, t time out. Let's start again. Uh, let's talk about why we're doing this deal. We're doing this deal so that we can achieve sales more than we could do on our own. And we're not ready to sell you the company now, but we're prepared to sell it to you in three years. We think we can get to X without your help in three years. To the extent you're helping us with distribution, with manufacturing, with purchasing, we're going to do something above X. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the pie. And Coke is a little worried. They're saying, well, we're going to help you, but we don't want to pay more for the stuff we're doing to help. And my response is, just like the negotiation with Edward, we're both needed to make that number above X. We need your help, but you need the vehicle on which to help. Mm -hmm. And therefore, you should pay full price on sales up to X and half price on sales above X. And let's focus on how we can get the numbers above X as big as possible. Yeah. And we agreed on that principle in the first hour. Now, we had some disputes about what X would be, and we had some disputes about what the market price was for X. But those were both data questions as opposed to, in some sense, negotiation points. You know, when I'm listening to the story, I think the, the main principle that I think of is that owners, a lot of owners make this mistake where they get too hung up on giving away equity, right, for the right mm -hmm. partner, for the right strategic partner. 
and realizing that if you hold on to your precious equity and don't bring on a strategic partner and their money, you're never going to grow the business to the, the size that you really ultimately want to get it to where both parties benefit from, right? And it's like such a basic principle that people are just, you see it on Shark Tank, right? We were on Shark Tank like all the time where they say, you know, uh, you've, you probably, you've seen Shark Tank, I'm sure. I where have. like, Yeah, where someone says like, you know, and they get a good deal, like the good offer. You know, Mark Cuban says, I'll do it for 15%. You came in here asking for 10%. I'll go to 15 And yeah. they go, well, how about 12 and a half? Let's meet in the middle. And they don't realize that the value that will be brought from Mark Cuban, right, of course, if he buys into the company and actually helps them in a perfect world, mm-hmm. could be huge. And also the exposure, all, all the unspoken benefits of saying, I'm a Mark Cuban company. I got the investment. Yeah. There's a lot of benefits that you just you get too hung up on the numbers and not the principle of the value that the let's partner make, will bring. Let's make the pie big. Yeah, let's make the pie big. Exactly right. Exactly right. And and it's a different way of negotiating because if we can agree to split the pie up front, then we don't have to watch our back. Uh, we can focus all of our energy on how do we make the pie bigger. Exactly. There's also a thing too that I realize. I mean, this is totally. This is truly 15 minutes of genius. I mean, this is we're we're testing a. It's intellect from our viewers here. Uh, but when you look at it, you really need to get the help from from the investors, right? You need people to come in. If Is there is there a principle where- You want where, smart investors, not yeah. dentists, unless, of course, you have some, uh, you need a root canal, in which case a dentist is excellent. Exactly. You got to know what you're, what you're in it for. Um, now, from the investor's point of view, right, where they're pushing on the other side, they need to see the same thing that the brand is seeing, right? Where like, they can't go- too low. They got to also meet the brand in the middle, right? They got to have the same yeah. type of philosophy. Well, they shouldn't be asking for more of the pie than they're helping create. Yep. Exactly right. Exactly right. This is all really good stuff. So the book is out. It's on it Amazon. Is. Amazon, right? Amazon. It's on RJ Julia, indie uh, books. There's a website, splitthepiebook.com, which has videos, which has a negotiation bot you could play with, a sample chapter. I love it. Lots of good stuff. Great, and again, for me, reading the book, it's it's an, you know parts of the book, right? I haven't read the whole book yet. I'm gonna buy it. I'm gonna read it. Awesome book. Make sure to go out and there. And you're gonna review purchase. it. You're gonna review it on Amazon because that's how we make the pie big. Exactly. There you go. Give a little, and a lot happens, right? One review. One review. All right. So uh, let's Not get to our next. A genius. Segment. A genius review. A genius review. Bing. All right. So let's get to our next segment here, which is called rapid fire questions. Rapid fire questions. All right. All this pizza talk has really gotten me very hungry. I'm going to go grab some food across the street between my next interview. So, all right. So let's go into these questions here quickly as possible. I'll say the questions. You're as quick as a quick as a hiccup and you say the answers. First question for music. Which decade is the best? The seventies, eighties, or nineties? 60s (laughs) first time ever someone answering the 60s he's breaking he's uh, breaking records here on 15 minutes of genius what do you do for exercise i am a very serious table tennis player won two bronze medals at the last maccabi games and i'm going to go compete again this summer so uh in my uh the good only advantage of being above 60 is i get to play in the seniors division there you go i'm sure you have an advantage there because you have a lot of energy for being in your 60s. 
And what is the Maccabi, Maccabi you said, or what's the name of the Yeah, it's the uh, Jewish Olympics. So I had to find a sport where all the people in the world who are good at it, really, they don't have a lot of Jews in those countries like China, India, Japan. <laughs> Well, it's a very limited population there uh, as far as uh, competing against you in ping pong. Table table tennis, sorry. That's the official word for it, table tennis. All right, movie you can watch an unlimited amount of times. You know, I don't watch, I never watch anything twice. So uh, so I don't know what movie it would be. Uh, I guess it would be like maybe Woodstock or some uh, music of the 60s or some... Uh, Something where basically it's like a long music video. I would think that you would really resonate and relate to Goodwill Hunting. I saw it once; it was good, uh, but uh, mathematician, yeah. you know, Nobel Prize uh, professor, right? Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, if we're going to go that way, we take the movie uh, about John Nash. Uh, so. Uh, Sorry, I'm just blanking on the the Sylvia Nassar book, A Beautiful Mind. I go with beautiful the beautiful mind. mind. Go the whole, go the whole way. Go the whole way. There you go. That that is definitely much further. <laughs> All right, you one up to me. Chocolate or vanilla? That's the next question. You know, coffee is really my thing uh, between those two. Uh, okay. So, because uh, basically, we're we have coffee banana is my favorite flavor of the real meat overnight oats. So, mm. uh, where can you get that? By the way, real made is that? So it's online stores. It's online. Uh, it's uh, right now online is the way to get it. Online is the way to get it. Okay. Favorite country to travel to? You know, I like being home here in New Haven, uh, but if I have to uh, go away, I, New Zealand's pretty special, uh, especially it. the South Island. Got it. Is that isn't that where they filmed? I think Lord of the Rings. Or something. I think it is indeed where they filmed uh, Lord of the Rings. And the whole country feels like a Lord of the Rings place. Got it. Love it. All right. Favorite Star Wars. I know you're not big in the movies, but favorite Star Wars character. No, I just don't watch movies more than once. Okay. Key uh, difference. I'm key distinction. Key difference there. Yeah. Uh, once is different from zero. Uh, Yoda. Yoda. What is your spirit animal? I'm not really a spirit animal kind of person, I'd say. Uh, so we did have a great dog, and uh, maybe that dog spirit is somewhere up there. Do you like to drive an SUV, a coupe, or a truck? A coupe. For food. I'm not an SUV person. Yep. For food, salty or sweet? Sour. Sour. Sour and sour and bitter. <laughs> nice. Breaking records on 15 Minutes of Genius. Yeah, different answer. Favorite day of the week and why? Um, you know, I sort of, I kind of like Mondays. Uh, get the whole week going. And uh, it's sort of, I'm not behind when I start the week. Uh, so it's, everything's fresh. Uh, I've got some energy and uh, everything's good to go. Love it. Uber or Lyft? Uh, I, you know, I, I just go on my phone, see which one's cheaper. Uh, and these days Lyft has been a little cheaper. Uh, so maybe it's a uh, Lyft, but if Uber's cheaper, I'll, I'll go that way. Love it. LeBron James, a greatest of all time, LeBron James, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant. I'd say the hick from French Lick. The, the hick from, is that Larry Bird? That is Larry Bird. 
Okay. Uh, I grew up in Boston. I'm a Celtics guy, so yeah. Uh, He's. But I'm uh, glad you knew. I'm glad you knew that one. Yep. Yeah. It was. Uh, it was a very narrow field of. I'm thinking greatest players and and what you just said and the fact that he's from and, the South and the you know yeah. Uh, French Lick. I don't think is the South. I think it's Indiana. Isn't that or not South Midwest? I meant to say Midwest. Yeah. Good catch. Yeah. Good catch. Yep. Yeah. He played. Uh, was he on the Hoosiers and all that? Was that him or no? Uh. I think in in college he was a Hoosier, but Boston Celtics is where. Yeah, yeah, it's a pro. Yeah, and he's also I think the highest. Uh, this is you, you'll nail me on this. this. Is probably wrong, but one of the highest three point percentages in all the game, right? Like top three point shooter, and free throws. Uh, oh, sorry, in three throw in free throws or in uh, three point shots. Uh, well, either. You know, I, I remember he was such a great free throw shooter. It was like above 90%. He was definitely yeah. in top 25 of all time. But three pointers, I remember he was unstoppable. He would just well, nail them. So here's my hero in that regard is Will Chamberlain. Because he had the balls to shoot three th- free throws underhand. Uh, really? Which I is, know that. Which is, the, which is the more successful way of doing it. And so ultimately... He cared about being successful rather than how it looked. Yeah, and that to me is uh, is a sign of really uh, knowing what you knowing what you're doing. Yeah, he didn't care about appearances, like one hand, just like that. Like no, no, two hands. Like, it's two sort hands of, you know, and up. Okay, well, wow. yeah, it's basically it's you know, uh, insane. I did I didn't even, I didn't I did not know about that. And he was also he is the top five scorer of all time, I think, right or something. Yeah. Well, he's the only person I think who's broken a hundred points in a game. Yeah, I remember that. I mean, I didn't see it as obviously, but I remember, <laughs> I remember seeing it on a YouTube video. That's amazing, man. And at back back when he played, there was no three point line, right? I think, or was there? I, I I don't know the answer to that. Okay, I finally stumped you. Yes. All right. Next one. All right. Terminator one or Terminator two? I you know. Uh... I like Arnold early on, so I guess I want to go with one. But I've seen them both, so uh... once seen them both once. Once. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> All right. So, uh, favorite food or drink? If you're stuck on a deserted island and you cannot say any of the brands that you've ever created or worked with, or Genius Juice. Really? That eliminates a lot of brands. Well, that, that you know that that's not much left now. Uh... <laughs> so. Uh, something I uh, could eat for really the rest of my life that's not one of my own products. Ah, that's a. Uh, Should we play the Jeopardy music? The da, da, da. Da, na, 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 na. Uh, well, okay. Uh, I would say ice cream. Okay. Uh, and I'm. Uh, and maybe it would be uh, Eclipse uh, vegan ice cream made with tahini. Uh, chocolate tahini is an unbelievable uh, ice cream out there. And I think I could eat ice cream uh, for every meal. Uh, Jenny's is amazing. Uh, the uh, Revolution Gelato is amazing. Uh, there are all sorts of just uh, totally crazy, wonderful ice creams that I could uh, happily eat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yeah. And actually, uh, I guess uh, New Haven, you know, 
the, that's the birthplace of Ben and Jerry's, isn't it? Or that area? Or am I wrong? Uh, ben and Jerry's is Vermont. Vermont. As far as I can tell. That's Vermont. Okay, not Connecticut. Vermont. I'm thinking, uh, I'm just Arath thinking the North Atlantic area. <laughs> yeah, we have Arethusa ice cream. We uh, have uh, Ashley's, which is the Frisbee Catching Dog ice cream, which is excellent. Uh, so uh, we're not short of uh, bad ice cream uh, around here. We've got great ice cream, but, uh, but if you want vegan ice cream, you have to look a little harder. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of a more limited limited options. It's funny you're talking about tahini. There's one thing that at, at the startup CPG, the bowling, I don't know, did you go to Expo West this year? I did not this year, sadly. Okay. Yeah, so there was a bowling event and there was a very small brand giving out cookies and it was the best vegan cookie or one of the best. I also really like Imli. That's another one, but they were giving out cookies. It was very like farmer's market-ish, like the packaging mm -hmm. and everything. But it had as their base for the nut butter tahini with mm -hmm. chocolate chips in it and an almond oh my flour. God. It was out of this world. I, I could I ate like four of them while bowling. Yeah. So speaking of my love of ice cream, you know, I bet that a genius smoothie in a Taylor ice cream machine would be out of this world. Oh yeah. Have you ever done that? Never done that, but I have frozen the genius juice, the original, to yeah. make like kind of yeah. coconut popsicles and Yeah. It, it's incredible. It's incredible. That should be one of our product lines, like coconut ice. Exactly. Cream. That's what I'm telling you. You gotta, you gotta make that happen. Absolutely. You gotta have the coconuts to get it done. All right. So that is rapid fire questions with Barry Nailbluff. We have an audience in the house. They're all around me. You just can't see them. They're clapping. Clap again, guys. You're right here. Come on, clap. Come on. All right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so uh, Barry, you're a legend, my friend, and I can't wait to read your book. Go on Amazon, go on your website. Get, get a package, get the book, get real made. It's you know, it's a one package, one shipping. Save a little greenhouse gases. It's all good. Exactly, and this is all Amazon, but also your website as well. So what's the website again to buy the book? Splitthepiebook.com. Cool. I should have got the domain name, man. When I saw you, you know registering the uh, copyright, but I missed it. I could have gotten that 650. <laughs> well, somebody did get split. I don't know who quite has split the pie.com, uh, but uh, that probably one, a, I decided, probably, a okay. probably a pizza joint somewhere. Yeah. Probably well, maybe Edward's cousin. Yeah, Edward's cousin. <laughs> Too much, man. All right, Barry, awesome having you on the show. Thank you so much for joining us in such short notice and congratulations on being you. You're the man. Well, Congratulations on everything you've done. Thanks so much. All right, have a good night, Barry. All right, so that's episode 134. He's a legend, man. Just, it's, it's, I can't even speak into words about how much he's done and accomplished. So uh, make sure to check out his book. It is awesome and amazing. All right, so uh, episode 134 in the books. Big plug to Mark Nicholas, Mark and ManhattanBeatStudios.net for all your editing desires. You can do podcasts, you can do whatever the hell you want. Just make sure to give him a call. He's a legend as well. All right, so uh, that is it. One last thing. Make sure to split the pie and be genius, my friends. Genius for life. Coconut smoothies coming at you.